Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You, and this is your host, Aaron David Free, and uh, Israel and You is under the ministry of Israel Team Advocates, and what we do at Israel Team is we push back against the growing tide of anti-Semitism on college campuses, and especially on evangelical college campuses where we're seeing a huge rise of anti-Israelism, and if we continue on this downward slant, we're looking at about a 10 to 12 year period of time where evangelicalism will be anti-Israel if we don't push back. And so we're going to talk today about the BDS movement, which is the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement of the state of Israel, among other issues and topics. King Solomon said, what has been will be again, what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So as student groups vote to delegitimize Jews, they're basically repeating history. Israel team is pushing back against this growing anti-Semitism on college campuses when we're seeing student government groups across America attempting to oppress the Jewish people by voting on BDS. What does it stand for? Boycott, divest, and sanction resolutions that boycott the state of Israel to cripple it economically. Disguised under a banner, which it really is, it's cloaked under a banner of human rights, the main objective of the BDS movement is to destroy the Jewish state. The goal of BDS uh, is to influence the thinking of 18 and 25 and 27-year-olds who will be our leaders in the future. We have to make it clear that BDS stands for demonization, double standard, disruption, deception, and the defeat of Israel. And again, it's cloaked and disguised under the banner of human rights, but it's really nothing about human rights because if they were really concerned about human rights, they would be writing resolutions against China or Syria or North Korea. Korea. It's not about human rights. It's about destroying the state of Israel. In the past few years, the following universities, student groups have passed resolutions to delegitimize Israel. Uh, New York University, California State University, East Bay, the University of Oregon, Eugene, University of Minnesota, Minneapolis, the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, Cal State University in Long Beach, California, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, the University of South Florida, Tampa, the University of California, Riverside, the University of Chicago, the list keeps going on and on, but you get the point. Colleges are becoming training grounds that inspire anti-Semitism. The most recent university student government group to pass an anti-Israel resolution was at San Francisco State University. Here are a few student comments in support of the San Francisco State University resolution to boycott Israel. Here's what one student said. Zionism, which is uh, a Jews love for their homeland Israel. Zionism is going to be eradicated soon. Another student said death to Israel. These students do not sound at all like the human rights proponents they claim to be. And Israel team is exposing these lies and myths behind the BDS movement on college campuses. So Basically, what's happening today is history is repeating itself. Like King Solomon said, there's nothing new 
under the sun. The BDS movement is nothing new. It's been around for century after century as, as countries across the landscape of history has have boycotted Jewish communities, crippled them economically, and then drove them from their countries. In Russia in 1881 to 1884, anti-Jewish protests and riots spread through present-day Ukraine between 1881 and 1884. Many Jews were assaulted and raped, and some were murdered. These protests were called pogroms, and their main objective was to economically boycott Jewish businesses to drive Jews from their villages. During these years, over 200 anti-Jewish events occurred in the Russian Empire. The Kiev pogrom of 1881 is considered the most violent, and it spread to the territory of Chernogov, in which the city of Trostanets is located. My Jewish great-grandmother, Celia, was living in Trostanets as a young girl at this time. Mass distribution of anti-Jewish leaflets contributed to the closing down of Jewish shops and livelihoods. One popular leaflet read, Brother workers, you are beating the Jews, but indiscriminately. One should not beat the Jew because he is a Jew and prays to God in his own way. Indeed, God is one and the same to all. Rather, one should beat him because he is robbing the people. He is sucking the blood of the working man. So again, this boycott back in 1881 in uh, the little village of Trostanets and around Kiev, uh, where uh, Jewish people were murdered, raped, and pushed from their villages. It's nothing new under the sun. They're basically calling on human rights that the Jews are, are hurting the human rights of the Russian people. Therefore, we can boycott them economically. My Israeli cousins tell me that our great-grandfather, Yankel Boxerman, who's Celia's father, was a Jewish community leader in Trostanets during these economic boycotts and worked tirelessly to protect Jewish lives from anti-Semitic attacks. So that's one point in history where the boycott movement was against the Jewish people. Another was by the Nazis in 1933. On April 1st, the Nazis carried out their first boycott of Jewish businesses. Under the Nuremberg Laws of 1935, Jews were sanctioned from employment. And by the time the Holocaust began, 90% of Jews living in Germany were unemployed. The economic boycott of German Jews eventually led many Jews to flee the country and those who stayed were murdered. King Solomon was right. There is nothing new under the sun. The BDS movement spreading on college campuses is not new. It draws from a long history of Jew hatred, and if unchallenged, will eventually lead to violence against Jews. Movements that boycott and sanction the Jewish people under the false banner of protecting human rights have always led to violence. Just ask my great-great-grandfather, Yankel Boxerman. Rudyard Kipling said, As it will be in the future, it was at the birth of man. There are only four things certain since social progress began, that the dog returns to his vomit and the sow returns to her mire and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And so that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing the burnt fool's bandaged finger wobbling back to the fire in these BDS boycott resolutions being signed in college campuses all across America today. And if you'd like to learn more about how Jewish hatred is spreading under the banner of human rights on college campuses, you can go to IsraelTeam.org, our website, and order our new book entitled The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What We Can Do to Stop It. So here to talk about these issues 
today is my special guest, Brittany Berchet. And Brittany is a graduate student at the University of Haifa in Israel, where she's pursuing her master's degree in Holocaust study. She also graduated from Moody Bible Institute in Chicago with a, a degree in Jewish studies. Brittany is a prolific writer. She recently co-authored an op-ed called The Return of Christian Antisemitism, published in the Detroit Jewish News. She has led three student groups to Israel. She also contributed a chapter to Israel Team's new book, The Casualty of Contempt. Her chapter is entitled, A Millennial Confronts Christian Anti-Semitism. So, Brittany, welcome to Israel and You. Thanks, Aaron, for having me. Well, you are a prolific leader as a young leader, a millennial, a college student, graduate student, and, you know, in your writings and what you've published, you really have a keen insight into what's happening today, you know, in the Christian world and the college campuses as it relates to Israel. So when you hear about the spread of the boycott resolutions against Jews and college campuses, why do you think as a millennial, why students are embracing this anti-Israel, anti-Zionist and anti-Semitic hostility towards Israel? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I My first instinct is to give these students the benefit of the doubt and say that it comes from a place of genuinely wanting to have compassion for who they perceive to be as the underdog, which sure. are the Palestinians, of course. However, if we look at the trends of the last number of years and the emphasis being placed on social justice that is informed by ideologies like critical race theory or critical theory or postmodernism, we see that the Palestinian cause fits right into those ideologies that pit um, people groups against each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just so happens that um, in this battle, the Palestinians are the oppressed and the Jewish people are the oppressors. So it's become very trendy. And uh, I, I think, you know, the trends along with classic anti-Semitism, you know, this is the world's oldest hatred. I think it's mm-hmm. just the perfect blend for these these college students to get on board with. Um, and truly, they don't. I, I believe they've bought into a lot of propaganda as well. So it's right. just a really deadly mix of ideologies, yeah. I think. So. Yeah, one of the slogans chanted by uh, anti-Israel groups on college campuses that are driving this BDS movement, the slogan is, From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And this, is, of course, is speaking about the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, which encompasses all of Israel. So do you think that this chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, do you think this chant is actually calling for the destruction of Israel as we know it? I believe it is. Um, You know, again, these college students, or at least some of them, might not mean it that way. Mm -hmm. But when Palestinian terrorists in Israel chant this phrase, they do mean the destruction of Israel, and they, they act on that. I mean, they still, to this day, even though the number of terrorist attacks has certainly decreased with the security wall and things like that, um, even recently, they you know Hamas was shooting rockets into Gaza. So um, if you're using the phrase that terrorist groups like to chant, I, I think there's some problems with that. 
Um, right. So yeah, I, I do believe it. It really is calling for the destruction of Israel. Yeah, what's so concerning to me, and I know to you as well, is that presently there are 20 mainline Christian denominations that have embraced the boycott movement against Israel. And I won't mention the names of these denominations on air, um, but you can, the listening audience can investigate, you know, to find out if the church that you attend, the, the banner of your church, the denominational banner, to see if they are supporting BDS. There's right now 20 and above mainline churches, denominations that are supporting the BDS movement. So you can just simply Google the name of your denomination and, you know, put in uh, BDS and find out if they're supporting it. And, you know, you can do one of two things. You can you can go to your pastor and find out why are we sending our offerings and our tithe money to oppose Israel. Uh, or you can find a, a Israel-loving church, you know, that stands with the Jewish people in the state of Israel and, you know, find that kind of loving church. Or you can try to make change from the inside and, you know, prayerfully try to, to work to change uh, a movement within your denomination uh, to despise Israel. So, Brittany, why do you think that we're seeing such a rise in Christian anti-Semitism today? Honestly, Aaron, I think it's because we're letting the world dictate what we believe about Israel. I believe that the church has taken on um, these ideas about social justice and included in that, of course, is BDS, is pro-Palestine ideology, anti-Israel ideology. And I think we have, um, in allowing the world to dictate what we think about these things, we've forgotten what the Bible and what God has to say. Um, because if we remembered what Bible, what, what the Bible and what God has to say, we wouldn't be supporting BDS in our churches. Yeah, a couple years ago when I was a pastor, um, I retired from pastoring to to start Israel Team about three years ago. But it was probably about five years ago. There was a a, a large church in in the city where I was pastoring, and uh, church had been there a long time, had a rich history. And a, uh, a doctor from the church who was a friend of mine, he was my kid's orthodontist, and uh, he came over to see me at, at our church, and he said, Aaron, uh, we would like to rent your youth facility, which was next door to our, our church. They want to rent our youth facility to start up a new church. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to contribute to a church split. He said, you know what, we're not splitting, but we realize there's 200 people in our congregation that our church is supporting the BDS movement, our denomination, and we've appealed to our pastor, and uh, he's going to continue to support the BDS movement and to stand against Israel, along with other issues like supporting um, abortion. And so we just feel like God is calling us to break away. And so I said, well, that case, the, the building's open. So they came, they were there about two years, and then they started their own congregation, bought their own building. But that's kind of what's happening across the mainline de denominations today. So we'll talk about this, this issue on the other side when we come back with, with Brittany uh, from Haifa, Israel. Hey, this is Aaron Free, and I'm so excited to announce is our new publication, a book entitled The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. The FBI says that in the last year, 
there's been a 37% rise of anti-Semitic activity in the United States. And so this book, we confront this issue. And as Christians, we cannot remain silent in the face of growing anti-Semitism on college campuses that are secular and on Christian campuses. And so we're seeing that this rise of anti-Semitism is causing so many of our young evangelical students to turn away from Israel. In the Middle Ages, Jews were persecuted because of their religion. In the 19th and 20th centuries, they were reviled because of their race. Today, Jews are attacked and hated because of their nation-state Israel. Denying Jews the right of self-determination in their own land is the new anti-Semitism. For centuries, anti-Semites have justified their hatred of the Jews. In the Middle Ages, it was religion. During the Holocaust, it was science and the study of race. Jews were seen as not even part of the human race, and they were exterminated. Today, it's human rights. And whenever you hear people proclaim that Jews are not supporting human rights, you are hearing the new anti-Semitism. On college campuses, we're hearing the mantra, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That means that they're trying to ethnically cleanse Israel of all Jews. So this month, we have a special offer for $50. If you go to IsraelTeam.org, and for a donation of $50, we'll mail you an autographed copy of this book. Some of the authors are Jay Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice, Stuart Roth from the American Center of Law and Justice, Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, Coach Dale Brown from LSU. So go to IsraelTeam.org, join the fight with us, and we will send you this wonderful new book, The Casualty of Contempt. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You, and I'm here today with Brittany Brechet from Haifa, Israel. She's a graduate student uh, studying the Holocaust. She's also a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, where she has a degree in Jewish studies. A prolific uh, young millennial woman who has dedicated her life to standing with Israel and the Jewish people. So, Brittany, as we, we talk about how there's this rise in, in anti-Semitism within denominations, on college campuses across America, when we read scriptures like Genesis 12, 3, which says, whoever blesses Israel, I will bless, and whoever curses Israel, I will curse, how can a Christian pastors and uh, Christians within denominations and churches, how can they justify opposing uh, the Jewish state? Well, I think there's a couple reasons why Christians justify opposing the Jewish state. I think, first of all, if Christian pastors or Christian leaders believe the lie that the Jewish state is an apartheid state and that they are oppressing the Palestinians, well, then it's easy to to oppose it because it's evil. Mm -hmm. Um, But second, I think there are a lot of theological loopholes and um, misinterpretations of scripture that allow Christians to oppose the Jewish state. You know, if Jesus supposedly didn't really talk about a state of Israel or the Jewish people getting back their land, then, well, you know, it's not so big of a deal. We can oppose it if we want, because Jesus never said anything, you know? So I think there's a lot of, a lot of justification that isn't based on on truth but you know people will jump through holes or hoops to uh to to oppose what they don't like so right yeah one one of the things i've always seen is they deny the abrahamic covenant 
which, mm-hmm. you know, God says this land is yours uh, forever. It's, it's an eternal covenant. And when I, I looked up that word eternal, and it, it means eternal. So God gave this land to the Jewish people uh, as an everlasting covenant. And so what these people say, these Christian leaders, they say, well, because the Jews rejected Jesus, therefore the Abrahamic covenant has been nullified. The land covenant and promise has been nullified. So the land is meaningless. They actually say that the land means nothing. And so what I want to say is that if God can break the Abrahamic covenant, then he can break every covenant. He can break the new covenant, which puts us all into jeopardy. But God never breaks a covenant. So, you know, we thank God that this land was given to Israel as an everlasting covenant. And during the Holocaust, Christians remained silent for the most part. And yes, there were many righteous from the nations who hid and protected Jews, people like Corey Tenboom. But for the most part, Christians said nothing in opposition to Jews being rounded up and sent to the death camps. Do you see a wave of Christian support for the Jewish people rising today? Or do you think there's still some work to do to try to instill in, especially millennial people, a love for the Jewish people in Israel? You know, in my circles, I know a lot of people who love and support Israel. But I think on a national level, there is still a lot of work to do. You know, the church has, especially in recent months, um, taken on this mantle of social justice and um, the cause of a, a few other people groups. But again, the Jewish people are not just being left behind by the church, but I think forgotten. Um, I don't think that this is on the forefront of Christians' minds when they really, when when the Jewish people really should be, any Christians should be at the forefront of fighting anti-Semitism. In my opinion, I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. And you you yeah. talk in your chapter. You you, you wrote a, a chapter for our book, "The Casualty of Contempt," and your chapter is entitled "A Millennial Confronts Christian Anti-Semitism." And one of the solutions to helping Christians understand God's end-time restoration of Israel is to have a biblical worldview. And you talk a lot about that in your chapter, Brittany. So what, in your opinion, would be a, a solid biblical worldview of the restoration of Israel? Well, first of all, I would piggyback off of what you were saying with the idea, the truth, that God has not and will not break his promises that he made to Israel in the Abrahamic covenant, in the new covenant. Um, He has promised Israel land. He has promised Israel a nation, and he will not break those promises. So I think that's where we need to start. Um, But I also think looking at the New Testament and what Paul specifically has to say about the relationship between Jewish believers, Gentile believers, Um, and Jews in general with relation to the church. You know, in in Romans, um, he talks about, Romans 11, he talks about the olive tree and how Gentile believers are the ones who were allowed to be a part of this covenant community. Jewish people were already there. Jewish Mm -hmm. believers were already there. So we as Gentile believers have to remain humble and remain thankful that the Lord let us in to this covenant community and in turn love the Jewish people, support the Jewish people, advocate for them when we can. Um, you know, Jesus is Jewish. Uh, 
God has chosen the Jewish people to be his chosen people. And we as believers need to love who God loves. And that includes the Jewish people. And, you know, a question that I have for you is how in the world, I mean, you're an anomaly, Brittany. Uh, (laughs) How in the world as a millennial did you come into this, you know, deep understanding of God's end time purpose for Israel, uh, his love for Israel. How did you develop a love for Israel? Well, my love for Israel really started um, with a love for the Jewish people that began when I was very young, actually. You know, I I read um, stories about children being hidden in the Holocaust, and uh, that's kind of where the Lord planted the seed. I I had no idea what it would turn into, but um, when I was... um, deciding where to go to school, I came across Moody uh, Bible Institute in Chicago and read that they had a Jewish studies program. And I just knew that I had, it was like this deep calling within me. I did it, you know, I had plans to become a nurse and do some other things with my life, but through, through going to Moody and then also some people in my life, including my grandparents who love the Jewish people who love mm-hmm. Israel, um, I was, you know, kind of, lovingly directed into this path and and of course my education at moody really helped me get that um intricate detailed understanding of of theology of israel and of the end times and um of god's plan for israel so it's been a long process but yeah i i would say through the people who i know who love israel and then also for sure my education at moody really uh solidified my love for israel and the jewish people you know, I think you told me uh, earlier that uh, I think you read <clears throat> read the book about the hiding place and also um, mm-hmm. Anne Frank's diary, and that yeah, kind of yeah. inspired you as a, a young girl to to love Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's For a sure. new book coming out from um, American Family Association, which is the parent uh, ministry over American Family Radio, and the book is a story about Rose and Odette Abafulia which were two uh, young French Jewish sisters who perished in the Holocaust. And so the book is about the 1.5 million children who perish in the Holocaust. And I think it's so important, you know, for books like this uh, to help educate uh, young uh, children. This is for young readers like fifth grade through uh, ninth grade, uh, tenth grade, and and so it's it's really so important, and I think you would probably uh, say that as well that it's important for those kinds of publications to be out there to help you know young families and helping their children understand uh, the Holocaust, helping them understand uh, Jewish people in Israel. So, do um, you think Holocaust education is lacking today across America? Yes, I do, and statistics prove that. So a number of months ago, the publication, The Guardian, actually put out a report about um, the beliefs of millennials, so like age 18 to 30, I believe, about the Holocaust in the United States. And just the numbers of millennials who either think the Holocaust was exaggerated or is a myth, or the number of millennials who cannot name a single concentration camp or death camp, the numbers are staggering. So yes, I I think there's a lot of work to be done with Holocaust education in the state. Well, Brittany, that's that's what you're doing there in Israel. You're studying uh, the Holocaust at Haifa University. 
And I really look forward, the listening audience looks forward to seeing what God does in your life in the future. And, you know, you're a future leader. You're a leader right now in, in helping, especially millennial evangelical uh, college students, young adults, to uh, back away from this movement going across America today that's trying to inspire young people uh, to detest Israel. So I thank you for your work. I thank you for your courage. And we look forward to see what God's going to do in your life. We'll see you next time in Israel and you.